Welcome back to the Philip Kiddick Book Club. Um, in this episode, we'll be looking at Expendable, one of his short stories from 1953. Um, so what to say about this story? It's only five pages. Um, yeah, this is probably going to be one of the, my, my shortest episodes in the series. Um, first published in Fantasy and Science Fiction in July 1953. It's currently available in the first volume of the Collected Stories of Philip K. Dick, the, the Paycheck um, book. So, um, what to say? I mean, this is actually stuck between two of his greatest early stories, uh, Variable Man and Imposter, both really important for his philosophy and his worldview. Um, and really, if someone asked me what are the two early stories of his to, to read, I might pick those two because they really reflect two sides of his of his philosophy and really get to the heart of his vision of humanity. Uh, in one, uh, really both about technology to a degree, but one is a bit more about like, who am I? And the other is like, what's my role in, in life? And that's what Variable Man will do. And I'll have a really long episode on Variable Man next time. This is published between those two, and it's, it's a little bit... Um, well, let's, let's just get into it and we'll see. Um, it, I guess it has, it's fun. It, it'd be a nice like bedtime story to read to a kid, perhaps. Um, anyways, plot the plot summary. We have a man leaving his house and he hears that caterpillars are keeping him under surveillance. Um, I suppose I could go into the whole thing about the surveillance state and the Patriot Act and Edward Snowden. I don't know how far that will get us, though. But he does hear that these caterpillars are keeping an eye on him. Um, he's already figured out what creatures are working against him by listening to their conversations. Uh, the birds he learns are not a threat, but he's not sure about the spiders, but certainly other bugs are, are apparently out to get him. The ants discuss their plan of attack against the quote-unquote giant, and that this is our, our character, this, this man. Um, and one ant named Timorous has doubts. He thinks the giant can understand the insects, but he would not be taken seriously by the other giants, so he is not a threat. After a vote, uh, the anthill decides to march against the giant. So we learn that our the main character here, the man, I, I don't think he's ever named. Yeah, he he's like one of the rare, one of the few, maybe the only human who can hear the plotting of the insects, and therefore he has to be taken out, um, or the whole insect plan will unravel. On his way home, uh, the man sees a spider, which warns him against going inside his house. When he reaches the house, he is attacked by a massive number of ants. He fights them off by spraying water on them, and then a beetle moves past, and um, and he's being attacked inside his home. This is a new thing. He's been attacked before by bugs, but this is the first time he's been attacked in his house. Now, he begins to have a conversation with the spider, different from the one, a different spider than the one he saw before. This spider informs him that there are different types of bugs out there, but since a single acre has about 2.5 million spiders and numerous ants, which are the enemies of the spiders. He explains that the ants used to dominate the earth, and then humans arrived. After a massive war, the humans forgot about their conquest of the earth, and the insects degraded into different tribes. The, ants, the spiders, bred by the humans, were their strongest allies in this fight. Of course, spiders often do eat other bugs. Another spider, a black widow, warns the man that there will be trouble, but they might be able to save him. And the man is relieved until he learns that the spider was speaking about humanity, not this individual man 
and the floor begins to stir. And we can assume that the next scene is this man being consumed by these um, billions of bugs. So that's the story. Um, so what to do with this? Um, well, bugs being a threat in science fiction is it's not uncommon. We have stories like them. Um, we have The Shrinking Man. Them is the movie, but The Shrinking Man is a book. I think they made that into a movie too. Um, but usually that involves some shape size changing. Um, so I guess there's some originality here in just the, the sheer number of ants being used, the sheer number of bugs being used as the threat, um, overwhelming them. I don't know if the numbers are right, but but perhaps they are. Certainly there are millions and millions of bugs for each human being. So the, the concept of them getting together and destroying us... Um, you know, might have some merit. I guess we have the theme of nature fighting back against a destructive humanity, um, which comes up in a lot of ecological fiction. Um, now, this story suggests a long-standing war between humanity and insects. It's been forgotten by the invaders, but it's deep in the social structure of the colonized people, the people who are conquered, right? So um, the humans, the conquerors have forgotten the conquest, but the ants and the spiders who are somewhat the exploited allies of the humans during that war have, have remembered and continue to fight proxy wars. The historical context of this story, uh, again, strongly suggests the allegory for decolonization, which we know is in Dick's mind from stories like Tony and the Beatles. The ability of the man to understand the language of the insects gives him special knowledge about the insects' motives and perspective. Most humans, though, are indifferent to the insects and are not capable of seeing them as a threat. When unified, the bugs are an unstoppable force. Some, such as the spiders, are only raised to support the invading regime and have a more intimate knowledge of the reality on the ground, of the, how many ants there are and the different factions of ants and different bugs. The invaders, uh, who have internalized the victory and are living as the dominant species on the planet, are indifferent to this history and how it is remembered by their victims. This sounds not unlike the experience of the British in places like India or the French in Algeria um, or any other kind of colonial colonized situation. So that's why I think we might be able to go back to the theme of decolonization uh, in this story. When this story came out, the anti-colonial movements were active around the world. It is hard to prove this interpretation, um, and certainly I'm grasping at straws here. Um, perhaps the more straightforward ecological narrative is, is more apt. In Dick's most environmentally conscious stories, he suggests a human's impact on Earth. But the hypothesis that the Earth could correct itself by striking out against humanity hinting at the self-correcting planet of the Gaia hypothesis is, is pretty rare. I, I don't know of any other stories that do this. And instead, we're more likely to get the blasted land, picture the, the devastated Earth, the humanity that's moved on um, from the frontier of war destroyed the planet. Um, I don't know of any other kind of Gaia hypothesis story that Dick um, has looked at or uh, explored. In the notes to this story written in 1976, Dick wrote that the story was about the limits of the experience of paranoia he felt when a fly buzzed into his ears. Um, so he, he actually f experiences fly buzzing in his ear and he imagined it speaking to him and he got this story of paranoia. Now that maybe is all we should do with this story, is just uh, do what 
he says here and say this is about paranoia. And, you know, he's got other stories like this. Like in Colony, you have the pliances coming to life, killing people. So why not the bugs too, right? Why not everyone out to get us? And we certainly do have evidence here of a surveillance state, right? On the one hand, the man is able to hear the bugs, but then the bugs are able to keep an eye on pretty much everyone because they're so small and numerous. It's nice to see a conspiracy from below that we can sympathize with. Uh, and I think there's a reason to sympathize with the bugs the way they're presented in this story. Rather than victims being paranoid, we'd all be better off if the ruling class, the dominators, the conquerors, had good reason to be paranoid themselves. So that's it. Um, let me know what you think of, of Expendable. Uh, if you think it has any value, if you think it's interesting, if you know, where do you place it in the canon of Philip Dick's stories? I'd love to hear from you. You can write me at 100pagescast at gmail.com or you can leave a comment. Um, share this with your friends if you're interesting, if you're interested in it and you think they might be. Um, but uh, if not, I'll see you next time when we'll be looking at Variable Man. To the ground to get out of the rain. Boom, 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 boom. The ants go marching two by two.